0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com.
1: I'm back. Hello, everyone. This is Kelly Jackson, host of Sassy Seniors. I cannot believe it has been a little while since I've been on the air with you. So I'm so happy to be back. And what a perfect month and we to actually continue my radio show because guess what month it is? It's National Adopt a Senior Pet Month. So this is our month. We love it since we celebrate senior pets every day of the year. And, you know, I couldn't think of a better guest. We have Sherry Franklin as our guest. She is founder of Muttville Senior Dog Rescue in San Francisco, California. Good afternoon. How are you doing, Sherry? Well, it's good morning to me, but I'm doing great. I <laughs> have my well, coffee. <laughs> it is kind of morning here in St. Louis, too. I know you're in California, but I guess I'm in the afternoon mode. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. You know, I first learned about you, I read about you over the summer and your organization and how you had placed or rescued your 1,000th dog, Maxwell. and. Okay. Um, You know, I'd lived in California for a couple of years, and you were kind of my neighbor because I was in Sacramento. And so I wish I would have met you in person when I lived in Sacramento at the time. I wish you got me, too. You could have been part of my show. Exactly. But I still am because I write about you guys all the time. That's true. And it's amazing what you have done. In the four years since you have founded Muttville, you founded it back in 2007. And since then, you know, you've done everything from rescuing dogs from shelters, the city of San Francisco named Muttville Senior Dog Rescue Day um, last May. And you've really done a lot. But I want to know, what made you want to found Muttville?
0: Well, I love senior dogs, too. I mean, you know, who can pass up a gray muzzle? About 15 years ago, I started volunteering at the San Francisco SPCA, and at the time, it was still, they were still euthanizing. They were moving towards a policy of trying to save every animal, but at the time, they were still euthanizing. And it was so hard to watch uh, as I walked through the kennels and see, you know, old the old dogs there, the, the dogs that kept getting passed up for adoption because everybody wanted a younger dog or a puppy. And, you know, you'd see these soulful eyes just looking out at you and, you know, the sadness that came over me. I became slightly obsessed with, you know, many of the seniors that came in and I started, you know, one at a time taking them home, fixing them up, fostering them, and finding them homes on my own. But I could only do that so, you know, only on a very small scale by myself. So, you know, for years I kept saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to start a senior dog rescue. And it took years to actually jump in full force and become a non-profit and start, you know, building up our coffers Mm -hmm. so that we could save a lot more. Because um, as you know, saving senior dogs can be a little bit more expensive because you've got to get them fully vetted and Um, take care of their needs before you adopt them out. So we've been very lucky to have such success at uh, finding great homes for these senior dogs and really marketing them as viable, loving, devoted dogs that are so
1: easy. And I think that's the thing. You know, there is the AP and pet side. They recently conducted a poll among pet owners. And of those who adopt pets from shelters, can you believe only 15% of those polled considered adopting a senior? And that's, right. that's just way too low.
0: I mean, it, what's really, really sad to me about that is a lot of these dogs have come from homes where somebody has become incapacitated or has passed away, and they're used to getting lots of love, and they find themselves, you know, in a cement cell that's loud and cold, in some cases, and, and um, they don't know what's hit them, and it's it's incredibly sad. And then the other half of them, the senior dogs have lived their lives horribly in backyards backyard somewhere, and then they get
1: too old, and, you know, they get dumped at the shelter as well. So these are the ones that need it the most. Right. So on any given day, so you get yours from shelters and also from people who no longer take care of them or those who have passed away, right?
0: Right. We get requests, owner surrender requests, and we we also get, we work with many shelters all the way down to San Diego we've been and and all the way up to the very north of
1: us. That's a huge area. Yeah, that's a huge area. Oh, I
0: know. Yeah. And Sacramento, we get, you know, we take dogs from Sacramento and the Central Valley and in California
1: as well. Mm -hmm. So you have a lot of fosters, correct?
0: (laughs) We have about probably 75 foster homes on our roster and and about 50 of them are are active at any given time. So we have about 60 dogs available for up for adoption at any given time and all sizes. You know, we have one that's 2.9 pounds and we've got 125 pound dogs. So (laughs) pretty much all over the map.
1: If you go on Muttville's website, it's Muttville.org and you just look at the dogs and they're just adorable and like you were saying have so much life left in them. But you also do hospice too, right?
0: Yes, we have some dogs that when we bring them in we're never sure. We don't know um, what kind of physical condition some of them are in. So, you know, we'll find out that they're in a later stage of cancer or kidney failure or something. So, we have some homes that actually do hospice care for, for our dogs. We call it So <laughs> It's sort of a hospice foster situation where we still take care of the dog's financial veterinary needs and we have them in homes. And people get, it's a calling, you know. I mean, there mm-hmm. are people that just do hospice for
1: our seniors. That is amazing because you grow so attached to them and, you know, they only have so much time with those dogs. So those it takes really special people to be able to do that.
0: Yeah. I think they look at it as an honor to, to, to care for an animal, you know, at the end life. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: we do believe that when the quality of life is, is no longer, you know, that the dog does really not have a quality of life anymore. We do believe in euthanasia at that point.
1: Yeah. Well, I know that in most big cities... There's a serious problem of overcrowding, and I'm sure that's the situation in the San Francisco okay. area, right?
0: We're lucky. Less here in San Francisco than in, the, you know, the outer areas of, you know, the Central Valley and the Sacramento actually area. And some of the places where a lot of foreclosures have happened, it's even more overcrowded. So, wow. yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah. your hope for the future, though, Sherry, is to actually have your own facility to be able to house these senior dogs, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. We are in the process of signing a lease on a space now that um, will really help us be able to take in more dogs and house them more comfortably, though we, won't, we don't believe in long-term um, shelter environment for our senior dogs. So we'll
1: still be foster-based. Do you think people's attitudes, in spite of the poll results that I just told you about, yeah. do you think people's attitudes towards seniors, think that their attitudes are changing And I always say this, people don't even realize, so many pet parents don't even realize that their dog is a senior, you know, or (laughs) even want to admit it, but do you think attitudes are changing about um, our senior dogs? I do. I, I don't know if it's because we've become more
0: known, but I definitely see an increase in people with interest in adopting a senior animal, a cat or a dog. And I think the word is getting out about, you know, just how sweet and mellow and easy a senior dog can be as compared to a younger dog. And frankly, you know, there's a lot of seniors out there. We run a Seniors for Seniors program. And a lot of the senior humans out there really shouldn't be adopting a puppy. You know, it's it's too much for them. So, you know, the wonderful thing is is that we're putting the word out there and we're putting out really great dogs and really making the match. And I think, you know, word of mouth and hopefully there's other senior rescue organizations cropping up now, which is so wonderful yeah. to see all over the country.
1: Absolutely. So. I totally agree with that. And of course, you would not be able to be able to do what you do without all the supporters and volunteers that you have. And what I'm impressed with you, you guys are always having events. You guys yeah. keep really busy.
0: We keep really busy. We um, Well, first of all, we have adoption outreach events every weekend to, um, in different areas of the Bay Area to show off our dogs and People come from, you know, from other areas just to meet some of the muttville dogs. Mm. So that's really wonderful. And we really try to engage our community. We engage our volunteers. We give everybody something to work towards, and that's saving another
1: life. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're going to wrap up this interview pretty soon, but I have to mention your appearance on
0: (laughs) Oprah. Ah, Yes. Uh, No interview is complete with at least a little (laughs) bit of an Oprah moment. We were invited onto her Heroes show, which happened to be the last My Favorite Things show. So, though we were hoping to be interviewed and be able to speak up on the plight of senior animals in the U.S., we didn't get that, but we got lots of local coverage, and we got great gifts. Oh, you did? From Oprah, (laughs) yes, we did. And I'm sporting a new car from (gasps) Oprah. Really? Yes. I just got it two, three weeks ago. It is a red beetle, and we're getting it wrapped with the Muttful logo and a big thanks Oprah on it. And um, we'll be cruising around town with, with some of our smaller Mutt's in the back of the new Muttmobile.
1: Oh, that is fabulous. I remember that show, and I remember the Beatles because this is like, at the time, it wasn't even um, available. It wasn't right? out.
0: Right. Yeah, I know. Oh. So it's super cute. It's super fun to drive. I've never had a, a small car, I've always had like SUVs and station wagons. So it's yeah. really fun to, to actually have a little sporty car to drive around in.
1: Oh, well, that is fabulous. Well, since this is National Adopt a Senior Pet Month, what would you like to say to people? Because I know you have seniors also at home, senior dogs oh, at yeah. home. Yeah, <laughs> many. <laughs> what would you like to say to people who are considering adoption and as far as adopting a senior?
0: I say, you know, give a senior a chance. It's, they have so much love left to give. And as our motto goes... It's never too late for a new beginning, and that's our motto now, and it used to be because we all deserve a happy ending, but really, it's just never too late for a new beginning, and these dogs deserve it, and they're so... They have so much love to give, and they're great in most homes.
1: I love that. It's never too late for a new beginning. And you know, even though you are located in San Francisco, you've received so much attention, and you're so well-known in the San Francisco area, but you also serve as a model for, as you were saying, it's good to see so many other places across the country who are actually starting, you know, Senior Dog Rescues. And that's so good to know that we're having fewer seniors sitting in shelters, you know, waiting for loving homes. And for that, we thank you, Sherry Franklin. Well, thank
0: you for having me on your show, and I'm really happy you're doing this. This is amazing that you actually do applaud the Senior Dog.
1: Well, thank you. If anyone would like considering, particularly if you live in the San Francisco area, Please go on their website. It's just as cute as can be. And check out all of the dogs that are available for adoption. It's muttville.org. Sherry, thanks so much for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: All right. Take care.
2: We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Is the coast clear? Yes. Let's go. Are you sure they went to Petco? Where else would they go? Whoopsie. Hey, calm down. Oh, I smell presents. <gasps> go to PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco and get up to 40% off hundreds of holiday items at Petco. PetLifeRadio.com slash Petco. Uh-oh, step on it. Okay. Oh, not on my tail. <laughs> Petco, where the pets go dyson the new dyson animal vacs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust dirt and pet hair from the home or car to order your dyson animal vac go to petliferadio.com forward slash dyson petliferadio.com forward slash dyson to order your dyson animal vac today dyson music to your ears Love your pets, but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at one eight hundred PetMeds. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a one hundred percent satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over five million people have trusted their pets' health to one eight hundred PetMeds, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to 1-800-PetMeds.com forward slash Sassy, S-A-S-S-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com.
3: It's the holidays at PetSmart, so come one and all. There are hundreds of gifts for pets big and
2: pets small. Toys only at PetSmart so special and new. They'll love the gifts. You'll love the value. Hurry to PetSmart today for your very best friend and save 30 to 50% before the holiday ends. The holidays are just around the corner. Go to PetLifeRadio.com slash PetSmart and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life toys, collars, leashes, pet smart gift cards, treats, and more. So shop early and save money. Go to petliferadio.com/petsmart today.
1: Welcome back, everyone. Kelly Jackson with Sassy Seniors. And we have another Sherry on our show today. This is Sherry Long, and she's the author of Dog Trots Globe to Paris and Provence. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Sherry. Sure. (laughs) I love, love, love your book because it is about your dog, Chula, and his experience in France correct yes she made has made two trips already she is quite the world traveler because this is the as you said it's the second time that you have taken her to France what made you want to do that
3: we just couldn't bear the thought of being away from her for that long and especially as she was getting older we kind of cherished every day with her so we Did her homework and figured out how to safely get her on an airplane and over to France with us. And we were lucky, actually, that France is so accepting of dogs, no quarantine or anything like that, as there is in, in Great Britain.
1: Right. Well, let's talk about, first we'll talk about the trip itself, just getting there. Because, you know, I think a lot of people are gun shy about having their their dogs, you know, in the cargo area of a plane because you hear so many horror stories. But you guys have had really good positive experiences, right?
3: Well, we did. And, you know, I do think it's important to think about that and to uh, question the airline to find out exactly what their accommodations for the pets are. Uh-huh. And, of course, if your dog is small enough, the dog can go in the cabin with you. But uh, Chula had had too many of Bob's good dinners, and she was <laughs> over 19 pounds. <laughs> Actually, she's a 30-pound Sheltie, so she needed to go in the hold with Air France, who was the carrier went with they do have a special area in cargo separate from the luggage and the animals that are traveling are in a you know climatized cabin and carefully loaded and all of that and those are important to us also thinking about how long the trip is right Uh, non-stop flights are best Mm -hmm. (laughs) and thinking about the time of the year that you go so that it's not too hot or too cold and and in fact some airlines will have regulations that they won't accept your pet if it is in one of those extreme climate times
1: and you're saying nonstop flights are best because you don't want to run the risk if you have, you know, a uh, connecting flight, if your dog's going to yes. make it on the next plane.
3: Yes, and just to have to load the dog, you know, more than once, mm-hmm. it just seemed to us to be better to go for the nonstop flight. But and she you, made it fine. <laughs> and,
1: it, you know, and you also, when we were doing our pre-interview, you were saying, you gave a great tip, to freeze the water in their little bowl. Yes.
3: Yes. Several things are important, too, about the carrier that you choose. It needs to be large enough, and you want to choose the kind of food bowls and water bowls that affix well to the side of the crate so that they don't turn over and the dog loses the food and water. And water is particularly tricky because, you know, it slushes out when, <laughs> when they try to load or if you hit bumps and so on. And so we found that the best way to deal with that was to freeze the water. And it was good when we got on the plane that Chula didn't have to sit on the tarmac or, you know, be in a special area for a very long period of time. The airline allowed her to stay out in the lobby with us and then just really about 20 minutes before the plane was leaving they boarded her and therefore her water was still frozen and stayed good for her so that she had that did not get dehydrated during the flight that's really the biggest concern is the dog getting dehydrated
1: That is a fabulous tip. I'll have to remember that when I take my dog (laughs) to France. (laughs) So once you guys arrived, you were telling me that, and in the book you even show that, I have to say, Chula does, that there are certain areas of France that are extremely dog-friendly. However, there are some areas, not so much. (laughs) Well, actually, I think
3: that the French love their dogs, and they love tourist dogs, too. So she had a good welcome, but in the countryside of France and sort of outside Paris, she could go just about anywhere. Obviously, in the restaurants, as you know, they're famous for bringing dogs a water bowl under the table, and and the dogs develop good under-the-table manners Mm -hmm. (laughs) and actually get along pretty well with the dog next door. (laughs) So they can go just about everywhere, stay in the hotels, go in the shops. But in Paris, it's a little bit different in that you know, Paris has a lot of lovely parks, and people want to keep them that way. And so you'll come up to a park thinking you're going to run your dog. And of course, there's this dreaded no dog sign on the gate. <laughs> 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 and, and in fact, it's actually kind of an art farm to um, uh, take photos of the no dog signs that we did because they're they're each a little different and
1: some very clever. <laughs> yeah, I saw in the book there's it's like eight different no dog yeah. signs. But, yeah, that's
3: fun. And the Tuileries Gardens, there's one area that you can run your dog, and there's a part of the Luxembourg Gardens where you can also take her. And she visited both of those places, of course. But mostly, you know, she just walked and walked on the streets and... In Paris, I think there's, what, more than 200,000 dogs around, so the streets can become a little littered, (laughs) and and there's quite a campaign now to be sure that people pick up after their dogs, And, and Chula, who is used to grass, had to learn to do her business on the hard city streets, so... She became a little bit of a Parisian dog.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, because I, I saw a photo where, you know, they had on the actual, you know, sidewalk the sign where uh-huh. the dog's supposed to go. And it looks like, kind of like a railing in, in the sidewalk. Is that, <laughs> not a railing, but you know what I mean? Is that it's where they actually have- painted? It's painted on the
3: streets, and it's just a white arrow mm-hmm. trying to point to an uh, area of the street gutters where. I guess, what, maybe 100 years ago, trying to identify where you could curb your dog. But, of course, those are are now relics, actually, Uh from a, a time gone by. And now everybody, actually, you can get fined fairly steeply if you don't pick up after your dog. And you can even run into people hiding behind trees to pop out at you and be sure you did what you were supposed
1: to do <laughs> oh my God. what dog detectives that is too funny wow. do you find that the French are they different with their dogs than we are in America or not I don't know
3: that, that I can answer that um, certainly you you know you see a lot of dogs in France and a lot of people who who love their dogs but I, I don't know really if the attitudes
1: are, are different mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so Chula, is she bilingual now? Does she understand French? (laughs) (laughs) She
3: understands a few words. And, you know, I think she definitely understands the word baguette because (laughs) she learned to love those long loaves of bread. And she even learned that the market baskets people carry are kind of right at her level. And she could reach in and pull them out. So she got
1: in trouble a couple times doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but she's not banned. <laughs> no,
3: she's not banned. And yeah. Her name means pretty in Spanish, Chula, and so the French kind of liked that a lot, and they would change her name over to Jolie, which means pretty in French, and she began to respond to that name a little bit. I'm not not sure if she really knew it was a translation, (laughs) but she did did at least look up and perk up when a French person said that to her.
1: (laughs) Do you think that she knew that she was in a different country? Could she tell it was, you know, not in America anymore?
3: You know, I think she knew she was definitely someplace new, whether she knew it was a different country or not. But, you know, she got to where she loved to prance into the restaurants and she would get right under the table and she knew she was going to get a water bowl because they were so nice to do that all the time. That's Mm -hmm. one of the... I guess examples of a different French attitude is that you're going to take care of the people at the table and the dog under the table. Right. <laughs> so she definitely knew that and she she knew she was more out in the countryside. You know, she's a sheepdog and one day in the little village Saint de Provence where we stay, Um, It happened to be during Pentecost when the shepherds take their sheep from the lowlands to the highlands. And so 3,000 sheep come into town, and they go around the ring road of the village three times. And everyone lines the streets to take pictures, and you can imagine the noise of 3,000 sheep. And we took her down to to see that, and it was her first experience with quite so many farm animals, <laughs> and we wondered if she would have her herding instinct, but right. she kind of pulled tight on her leash and ran to get under the cafe table. <laughs>
1: oh.
3: She met so many other animals and was able to, you know, kind of go up to them, and and that was certainly different from being at home.
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. Well, the thing I like about this book is that, you know, you have not only beautiful photos, but you have cute little illustrations with Chula in the little areas, and it's it's just done so beautifully. But you also have, there's, it's like video, in some video in, in the book.
3: Yes, the book is both a print book and an enhanced e-book that is available through the iBookstore. And in that way, you have the videos actually embedded in the book. So when you read the chapter about Chula meeting those 3,000 sheep, you can punch a button and actually see and hear the sheep and have kind of more of a multi-sensory
1: reading experience. (laughs) No, I love that because it's not only great for adults, but it's great for children to see that too. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's a really educational experience and entertaining, you know. I love (laughs) that. I
3: wanted people to really experience the French culture. And, of course, they're getting Chula's dog's eye view. But there's also a lot of information about the Eiffel Tower, for example, how it's painted three shades of brown and about the markets in Provence and how they work. And the videos allow you to actually, you know, experience it. And that's something that I think is the future of books.
1: Absolutely. I could not agree more. And, you know, this is National Adopt-A-Senior Pet Month. And, you know, just raising awareness about how fabulous our senior dogs are. I'm sure this was wonderful for Chula to have the sights and the smells and keeping her active and kind of uh, share with our listeners about, you know, keeping your dog, even though, He or she may be a senior, keeping them as active and uh, vibrant as possible. Definitely.
3: (laughs) We took her out with us everywhere. She would walk down to the markets with us and figured out where the sausage table was right away. (laughs) And we'd take her in the fields and she would run and run through the lavender and the sunflowers. and, And, you know, I think those kinds of new experiences and getting to be outside so much just keeps her happy. And she has that great Sheltie smile and the Sheltie prance that some of your listeners I'm sure are very well aware of. And she'll be 11 in January And she still has all that. So Mm -hmm. it's terrific to see her as a sassy senior for your program.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, she is sassy and just as pretty as can be. Where can people buy your book? Well, it's
3: published by a California company called OIC Books, which is kind of a play on the, if you say it, More like, oh, I see, (laughs) it kind of fits (laughs) in with the idea of multi-sensory books that you can see through videos and and audio and songs and so on. And there's a website, it's oic-books.com. And not only can you buy the print book there, but there is also a section of extras where you can see lots more pictures of Chula. You can learn more about Paris and Provence and pet travel and so on. So the idea is to uh, not only, I guess, offer the book, but also this extras experience uh, through a website, again, to be more multi-sensory. And then it is on Amazon a print book and a standard ebook. You can then come to the website to see the videos that you can't see when it's displayed on a. Kindle, even the fire that's come out. And it is in the Apple iBook store. And it will be in many others since the book just came out. But for starters, that's where your listeners can find the book if they're interested.
1: Well, it's a lovely book and we thank you so much for joining us. And the next trip for the you. The next trip and is Julia April, and your husband. Yes. <laughs> April in yes. Paris. You can't beat that. I know. Twenty twelve, right? Yes, that's right. Wow. She'll, well, be,
3: she'll be trotting around the neighborhoods
1: again. So that's <laughs> good. <laughs> well, we love your book. It's called Dog Trots Globe to Paris and Provence. Sherry Law, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Kelly. It was a pleasure. And I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. And I promise I will not be a stranger. And um, I'll be back very soon with another edition of Sassy Seniors. Take
2: care, everyone. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.